Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, welcome to United Hour, your one-stop shop for all things Manchester United. I'm your host, Imran. And I'm Jamie. Yeah, we're the two unlucky people who get to come to you straight after the Villa game. It's just finished. Um, to give you a bit of sense of time, Salah's just scored for Liverpool, so, you know, that makes the day all the better. Um, so, yeah, disappointing 3-1 defeat away at Aston Villa under their new manager, Unai Emery. Of course, we'd play them not under Gerrard, but under Unai Emery. Just that's how our fixture list is going at the moment. Uh, I find it, it's, it's actually kind of funny. We've not actually managed to play any of the teams who have sacked their manager before they sacked their manager this year. So we never got to have that nice little gimme. The only, t- the only team we've actually played a team well out of form is Leicester. And, we, and then we struggled to a 1-0 win. But that's, you know, that's uh, by the by. Um, nothing you can do about that. And we just have to, it's no excuse. We have to do better in these games when we're poor today. Um, Jamie, just general thoughts after the match. Just very frustrated and disappointed, to be honest. Um, I think the manner the manner of the defeat itself was terrible. The the overall play, uh, the selection by Ten Hag, the in game management from Ten Hag left a lot to be desired. Uh, certain players, while off form today, still put the effort in at least, but several didn't, and. It's it's not just the defeat, to be honest. It's the fact that so Arsenal have beaten Chelsea today, and well, that's not great from a point of view of looking to see how how far ahead Arsenal are of us. It was good in the sense that you thought, right, well, Chelsea have dropped points again. If you can pick up points today, you can start to put a real decent, solid grounding together to really have a go at the top four. And we've just not done that. And then when you factor in, as you said, Sal's already scored for Liverpool. So it's likely then that Tottenham are going to drop points, either draw or lose the game. Uh, Newcastle put in another thumping performance. And it's just worrying because there just seems to be a, a few good teams around just now. And while obviously they're still within touching distance of the top four, it's just seriously worrying that other teams are starting to play really well and seem to have good depth in the squad. And I think the main thing that's been exposed with the game today is the the squad the squad overall still isn't great because if you make certain changes, you're shooting yourself in the foot before you've even started. Um, obviously, that's 
something we'll get into regarding certain players, but just overall very disappointed. I don't know about you, but just scan off really. Yeah, it's a disappointing day. Poor performance. I think there's only one or two players. Oh, Spurs just hit the post. I'm going to have to stop watching this game. It will distract me from this podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, disappointing day and uh, disappointing performance. Only one or two players to come out with any credit for me. Um, Casemiro and Shaw mainly. Um, and then, yeah, just, just, I mean, I wasn't that confident going into the game because you think of the Umar, Unai Emery going there, new bounce, all that crap. Uh, but generally we do all right at Villa Park, so you kind of hope, okay, we can do it. But then you, you look at the starting lineup and you see there's Van der Beek and Ronaldo. And I think we've been we've been sort of carrying Ronaldo now whenever he's been playing. It's basically like playing with 10 men and you've got kind of Ronaldo just being a lump up there. But then when you've got Van der Beek behind them, that is, that is, that's just nothing there. There's nothing at all going on in your number 10 and your t- up, up front position. And that's that's going to be a struggle, and it was for me. And yeah, and you look further back and you've got Lindelof coming in. Um, yeah, he played against Sociedad, but we weren't really tested against Sociedad, really. They were content with just lose, make sure they didn't concede two goals. And then you had Maguire, who actually stood up quite well when West Ham were all over us at the end of that game last week. Even though he didn't have a great first half, he actually came on a lot in the second half. So you're thinking, okay, well, you know, he's showing something, so maybe he'll be the, the, the guy to get the nod. But no, it was Lindelof, and I think that was a, a big mistake too when you looked at the, the power and pace going on up front for Villa. It just, yeah, did us right in. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll get into that starting 11 then. So, Van, Van der Beek, how, how surprised were you to see him starting, especially after not a great performance against Sociedad, even though Ten Hag did have some words of praise for him, which I thought was a bit weird. I was very confused, to be honest, when I saw he was in the starting lineup. Yeah, I know. Bruno wasn't there and they were going to have to jig around some of the starting players uh, just to try and accommodate certain players but we've already kind of, you've already mentioned about the new manager bounce and that's that's so true and it just seems to be so true against us as well we just constantly season after season seem to play somebody who's having a new manager bounce and then it, re- it really kind of makes the job 10 times harder because they're obviously coming steaming into the game like Villa did today. But even before that, when you were just looking at the team, I genuinely thought with Bruno being out of the team, Ericsson would be pushed further up and it would be Fred putting the team. So it'd be Fred and Casemiro and Ericsson in front of them. Just because you would need the legs in there to cope with how fast Villa were going to start, how much effort they were going to be putting in because there's that new manager there demanding the team raise their level. So I just thought we might put Fred in there to try and counter that and and slow the game down a little bit. So I was amazed to see him and I was amazed to see him for the other reason. The performance on Thursday I thought was, was awful from him. Absolutely awful. And I appreciate he's not played consistently in a long time, but there's certain things you just expect players to do, as in keep the ball, pass the ball, offer something in terms of whether that's being a a nuisance up front, running about, uh, offering space for the other players to take up, to track back and support the midfield and the defence when the other team's countering. There was just nothing, absolutely nothing. And as I said, that wasn't that wasn't just today. That I, I genuinely thought on Thursday he wasn't offering anything. 
And I was really surprised by that. And then the other thing I thought when I saw him starting was we cannot afford to be carrying two players in this starting lineup. And obviously the other players Ronaldo. So seeing the two of them starting made me go from not mega confident, but confident in the sense that yeah, we should we should get a result today. Maybe not a win, but should certainly be getting something out of the game to suddenly being a bit apprehensive, thinking I'm not really not sure in this lineup. Maguire was the other one. I, I agree with you. I thought he played maybe not great the first half last week, but certainly a lot better second half. And I just assumed he would have started today. So to see Lindelof was a bit strange as well. Um, yeah, just even, even the starting lineup just kind of put me in a position where I was a bit apprehensive of what was going to happen. Yeah, and Dick. I mean, he didn't offer much today with Van der Beek. I'm just, I'm just not sure he's a very good footballer. I don't, I, to be honest I, I with don't you. think he is either. I just, I, just, I don't <laughs> um, see what he offers. There's, there's no like. I mean, we, 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 I'm, I'm, I, I won't do it for a third, third podcast in a row. But we, we, we rag on Sancho a lot because uh, he's not been very good, obviously. But like, you can sort of tell that there's like maybe a good footballer in there. Maybe I just don't know what, what, what good footballer exists in Van der Beek. I just can't tell. Uh, at all, and uh, I know we 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 Ole got a lot of stick for his time in charge, but I mean, he never obviously fancied Van der Beek, and kind of you have to say fair play, Ole, you got that one right because he didn't have to subject us to absolute nothingness. He's just a, a very nothing footballer for me, and yeah, I, I I can't see him lasting very long here. I mean, I mean Ten Hag might like him, might have a history with him, but I mean he's surely got to either do something that I think will take us all by surprise and really. Shows some quality that I don't think any of us think he has, or he's just not, not got. He's got to go, and uh, I won't be surprised if he if it's the latter because I can't see where the form is going to come from. Yeah, I think he'll leave as well. Just on that point, I I just don't see what he offers. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Like he he, he points a lot to where he thinks the ball should be played and where he's showing somebody that he's going to run, but. I just don't see it changing. I don't see him getting any better. I don't see him offering anything to the team. So he is absolutely one of the players that I would expect to see moved on. Maybe not in January, that might be a bit soon, but certainly next summer, yeah, I would expect him moved on. Yeah, the other person I really do hope moves on is, as you said, Ronaldo, who it's 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 quite sad, to be honest with you, to watch yeah, him out there. It's just, he is he is dreadful. Um, and it is, we, it's, it's, not enabling us to be a football side. Uh, the reason I thought, just going back to your, one of your points, I, the reason I thought Fred would come in, I actually didn't think that Fred would be in the middle. Uh, I thought it would be Ericsson and Casemiro because obviously we know that Ten Hag likes Casemiro there for, for progression of the ball. I get that. But I thought it would be Fred there because Fred, at least, when he's at number 10, and Bruno does this as well, his running compensates for Ronaldo's lack of running. Yeah. Like, yeah, Bruno's often out of form and often doing daft stuff on the ball, but like you can't really fault him off the ball. He runs around like a madman. He covers a lot of ground and that at least compensates for Ronaldo. And I thought that's why we'd get Fred in there to at least compensate for Ronaldo's lack of running with Fred just running around like an absolute crazy person. When you have Van der Beek in there doing no running and Ronaldo doing no running, then it's just it's just so easy for Villa to get out and get past our midfield. Um, sorry, get onto our midfield. And yeah, But yeah, anyway, going back onto Ronaldo, I just thought him <laughs> terrible performance. And he might be the worst striker in the league. I was trying to think of who would actually be worse. Who, who would I not take instead of Ronaldo. And I couldn't really think of them because at least if you've got like a, a striker who can't put the ball in there, he'd probably run around for you at least. Whereas now we've got a striker who can't put the ball in there and doesn't really move. 
he can't control the ball. He doesn't hold it up. Um, he has a monopoly on free kicks, which is the most frustrating thing in the world when you've got one of the better free kick takers in the league, Christian Eriksen, stood right there. Um, yeah, I was really just... I don't see how he can become a real football team with him around. It's uh, it's too much of a monopoly on everything, on the ball, people trying to pass him the ball when they shouldn't be, trying to cross the ball to him all the time, even though when he is heading, when he has free headers now, it doesn't really matter. That was like his strength, you know, you'd want, you'd expect Ronaldo to score free headers, he didn't even do that anymore. Um, it's, it's tragic and I, I really hope he moves on in Jan, but I, I don't, I don't know who would take him. No, I don't either and uh, obviously I've been a huge fan of his, just since I was younger anyway, just since he first broke through, first spell, Absolutely loved him. Loved that he came back last year. Obviously has some guys on the pod have obviously said they were disappointed he came back and didn't really want him here, which was fine. I thought at least last season he was still he was still contributing. He scored, scored a lot of goals for us. Whether that was to the detriment of other players or whatever, that's another argument. Right now, as you said, he's offering nothing. Absolutely nothing. That free header in the first half that he more or less heads back to the goalie. That's great defensive header. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. That's that's like a defensive header that a defender under pressure just heads back to his goalie as if to clean it up. It it was it was so bad, but that's been happening. Certainly in the Europa League, that that, that exact same situation where he's had a header eight yards out or so and he's either not hit the target or headed it straight to the goalie. It's it's unbelievable. It is. It really is unbelievable how many times he's found that position and just can't do anything with the finish. And the lack of pressing frustrates the hell out of me. His attitude frustrates the hell out of me. How he can be dropped, rightly for what he did against Tottenham, miss one game, come back into the team, and I appreciate those injuries, but how he can come back into the team play every single 90 minutes since and then get the captaincy today. That's that's baffling. That's absolutely baffling how that how that can happen. Because I'm not I, you could have started whoever up front today. You could have pushed Rashford middle and just put up with it because we've all got our we've all got our own points of view whether Rashford's a striker or not. But you could have played Rashford through the middle. And then put up with, say, Alanga on one side, Garnacho on the other, Eriksen in the 10, whoever it may be. And at least, as you said, you'd get some running out of that front line. You would get players actually putting pressure on the defenders in front of them, trying to get back and support the midfield, whatever it may be. Everybody kind of working hard together. He just offers you absolutely nothing. And the only guy, genuinely off the top of my head, who's worse in the league... Up front, Danham, right now, is uh, Costa at Wolves. That's it. Yeah, but similar issues there again. You've got an aging striker who doesn't yeah, really exactly. move. He's exact, it's the exact same thing. Every other team, and you, go, you could go through them, maybe Chelsea, because Chelsea's just lack, seem to lack a centre-forward. Aubameyang, again, kind of falls into that same category. Every other team has a guy up front who, even if they're not contributing goals contribute a whole hell of a lot more to the team effort and to the team ethic. And if ever you've seen a game that proves how much work Bruno puts in, like have you ever took have you ever had Bruno missing 
and you said, all right, what does he offer the team? It was this game today. Because without Bruno and that team, as you said, you didn't have him running about like a madman, pressing every single player across the back four because Ronaldo's not going to do it. <laughs> Some of the goals we conceded, you would argue we won't concede with Bruno and the team. Purely because he's good, because because of his ethic and because of the demands he puts on other players, and it's just the entire way we play is really really affected by Ronaldo. Whether that's players being terrified of him, so constantly passing him the ball, players being in awe of him, so constantly passing him the ball, defenders running through like Dalot or Shaw running to the byline. And the only pass they've got on is Ronaldo, but Ronaldo's two or three yards offside. For some reason, he's just standing offside, so they suddenly don't have a pass in the middle of the box. It's, it's, it's just mega frustrating, because you are looking at the team thinking, if you if we just had a centre-forward, a proper guy, whether it be somebody like Ivan Tony, even Gabriel Jesus at Arsenal, Haaland's the obvious one, if you had anybody like that up front, just our entire system of play, everything is totally different to what we got today. Yeah, and it's it's it is unfortunate because all that play kind of has to go through him, and it's just it's dying a death when it gets there. Um, I, I I I I I would see us conceding all three of those goals with Bruno in the team, though, just because they're goals we concede uh, in terms of individual it's mistakes, just, just one, poor organization. It's the third one, I think. I'd, I don't think we can see the third one if he's in the team. We maybe do, but I just I'm not so sure we do. Just because I think it's another but guy even, who's he's going to read it a bit better. We, we, like I said, we we could have we could have made up for Bruno's running by by having Fred there. Even McTominay would have would have compensated for it somewhat. Yeah, somewhat. I just don't. I don't. I, the pick of Van der Beek for me is. A head scratcher. I can see why he, he retained Ganacho because Ganacho scored. He had quite a good game. I felt this game was a bit too, too big for Ganacho, and he kind of ran into some blind alleys quite a lot. Um, I feel like again that doesn't help when you've got Van der Beek as your number ten to link with. He probably would have done better if you had someone like Bruno. And, and Br- again, Bruno hasn't exactly been in the best form. But I mean, give me a out of form Bruno over Van der Beek literally any yeah. day of the week because yeah. Uh, at least with Bruno, you might get something, and you might get some stuff cohesion up front. But if we, I, I think, I feel like those four players up front: uh, Genacho on the left, Ronaldo up front, Van der Beek, and Rashford basically playing four individual games. There was no no cohesion between them, no linking. Rashford on the right, but that that is a bit mystifying as well. Like he's been one of our better players, definitely certainly our best attacker this year. And you kind of got him shunting out to a position where he never does as well. Um, that one's a bit of a mystery to me. Um, and then he had a poor game, which I think anyone could have predicted. You know, you see Rashford on the right, you think, yeah, it's probably going to be a poor game. And it was a poor game uh, from him. So, again, just all disappointing, really. Um, obviously, we did start the game quite badly. Uh, we'll get into that now, but we'll just before that, we'll take a quick break. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. 
laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back. So, yeah, we... Uh... Had a usual slow start. The infamous United slow start. I feel like we got away from it for a while, but now we're back to the. We're, we're, it was a nice return to form for the infamous slow start. Uh, they scored after what two goals in ten yeah. minutes. The first one. I mean, I don't know what Lindelof is doing. Like he's, he's he's with Watkins out wide. Fair enough. But then he just starts following him without really doing much. Just kind of like snapping at his heels, but not really snapping at his heels. At some point, you just think oh, I'm just going to foul you now. But he just kind of lets him go. Keep keeps following him, and then suddenly you've got him. Him at the halfway line, and Martinez is basically in the back four by himself. Um, he kind of hesitates and then goes out to the man on the ball, and then he realizes, oh shit, uh, Bailey's got a free run on here, so he drops off, and then Bailey's got a run on him. But I, I don't know what Lindelof's doing. Like, foul the guy. I know he doesn't like to foul people, but I mean, if you've followed him for that long, yeah, just kick just, him. Just do something, because as I said, the first time I've, I watched the replay, I kind of thought, that's really poor from Martinez. That- and then I watched it again, and I was like, actually, I'm not even convinced that's totally his fault. Because he's he's trying to anticipate what's going on in the middle of the pitch. So he, he makes a slight movement inside as if he's going to go and support. But then, as you said, he immediately then backs off because he realises, if I go too far here, he's going to have a free run through the middle. But at the exact same time that he does that, Bailey moves a bit further wide, ball comes through to Bailey. So then Martinez is trying to make up that, that gap to try and put the squeeze on him and at least put him tight but to be fair to Bailey it's a good it's a really good finish when he runs through it's a really good yeah, finish but the defending was just so poor and as you said like, surely surely the last thing that was said in the changing room was look guys these are going to have a bounce and a half here they're going to come out the traps fast and hard because they've been all over the place this season they finally got a manager in who has been there and done it, and he's going to want to put a rocket up them. So surely, just keep it simple. See the first ten minutes out because even when the even when the players were walking out, you could hear the atmosphere in the ground. That it wasn't like an expectancy or anything like that. But obviously, the Villa fans have just had a bit of a bounce themselves and just felt a bit better because there's a new manager in. And you're thinking, right, well, they're going to start this game like a house on fire here. And that's exactly what happened. And even before the goal, you could just tell that something was coming because of the way they started. And I just I just thought the, the end game management, not just from the manager, but from the players, was really poor. And as you said, like, Lindelof, just, just foul him. Foul him on the halfway line. And if you take a book and fine. Cool. You won't even just, take a book in the first three minutes. You're never taking a book. The referee's never going to book you for the first three minutes for that. Just, just kick him at the heels. Done. Get back yeah. in position. It's, uh, but he, he just doesn't do it for some reason. I, I, I try and defend Lindelof because I think he gets some unnecessary stick. But th- that was that was so poor. It was so poor. Well, you're gonna have to defend him a lot when we talk oh, about yeah, the third yeah, goal because that was, that was yeah, shit. That was uh, but there was another another goal before then. There was a good free kick from Dinia. I, I actually on the first goal, do you think De Gea should do better? I think he probably should do better. Uh, I think the shot takes him a bit by surprise, um, and he but he, he, he tries to go with that the, his, the save with his feet that he likes. But he really should just try to be going with his hands and palming that one away. 
Yeah, the first goal. Yeah, I, I thought that was one I thought maybe should do better, but I just, I just thought it was a really good finish. To be fair, sometimes as you say, it just catches the keeper out because he just maybe wasn't expecting to hit it when he did, and then it's just by that point he's hit it that hard that it's passed him before he can even really react. But mm. I just thought it was a, just a slow start from us, yeah. from, from more or less everybody as well. So the free kick was given away uh, by Shaw. He had to kind of had to give away the free kick because Martinez has kind of gotten caught with a poor touch. But yeah. to be honest with you, I always think this: like when someone when you give a free kick away and then someone crosses the ball and it goes in, you're like, oh, shouldn't have given a free kick. But you give free kick like free kicks get given away uh, all the time. It's when you give dumb free kicks away in like dumb areas when you're playing against like quality free kick days. You think, yeah, pointless. But even then, like when Dini was start- stepping up, I didn't think, oh, this is Luca Dini. I'm terrified. But you know, he did a good free kick, fair play. Um, the wall was absolutely miles away. I don't know why the wall was so far away. Um, uh, Anthony Taylor was a ref, I think. Uh, he's, he had his yeah. yardstick all messed up, I think. Even when even when we had that second that freak in the second half, um, the Villa wall was absolutely miles away from Ronaldo, but obviously he still managed to hit it because, you know, Ronaldo. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, good free kick. Can't really do anything about it. And then, what, 2-0 down and in your 10 minutes, and then that that is that's a problem. But actually... I thought we did all right after that. We kind of kept, we did all right to come back into the game. We kept created a few chances. Uh, Ganacho had a shot. Ronaldo should have scored with a header, and then we did get the goal. Very lucky goal from Luke Shaw with a massive deflection. But you get that goal, and you think, all right, yeah. Now we, if we change it at half time, we can actually get back in the second half. Um, I was actually feeling quite hopeful in the second half, actually, especially with the way we finished that second half. We had them pinned back a bit. I thought we could actually do something if we just made some changes. Uh, what were you thinking? I thought the same. Um... If anybody follows our Discord chat, like I was kind of saying, like there needs to be major changes here because as much as, yeah, Ronaldo should have scored, Garnacho had a shot that that was straight at the keeper. I just thought we're not really creating anything. Yeah, we're on the front foot. We're keeping the ball. We're keeping them pinned back. But we're not really we're not really creating anything. We're not really working any kind of opportunities to score. So I was kind of saying in the chat, look, they need getting it two 0 but I'll but I'll still be more confident than I was twenty five minutes ago, purely because I think right, well at least we're kind of pinning them back here and and getting back into the game. Then you actually get the goal. It's a huge stroke of luck, as you said, like to hit the defender and go in. But that's, do you know what that happens? That's why you shoot from range because that can happen. That it takes a flick and just goes into the goal. So you're suddenly thinking, right, half-time, we're 2-1 down, we've really not played well at all, but we're only a goal behind. Get in, potentially make some subs, sort the team out, get back out and go for it and actually like get yourself sorted and go for it. So I was actually thinking mm-hmm. at half-time, same as you, I thought, right, this has been a really bad half, but we're only 2-1 down. So let's just get in, get sorted, make a couple of subs and go for the second half and... Obviously, just didn't pan out yeah. that way. Especially with like the five sub rule now. I think you make you. Could, I could have brought on. Um, I would have brought on Fred at half time for Van der Beek straight yeah, away. Definitely. Um, yep. Even Martial for Ronaldo or, and Maguire on for Lindelof. Just make get some changes, get some freshness into the team, and really go attack them in the second half. Um, I think you put Fred on in the second half and get him running around like a crazy person, and that that sets the tempo. But instead, it was them who set the tempo, and they came straight at us. Barely had a strike straight away, and they were the one who get the goal. I mean. Just an awful goal to concede. I was absolutely raging um, at the, the the goal we conceded. Um, Martinez, poor header. Yeah, he should be directing that header a lot better. Fine. But okay, you've given the ball away, what, 
60 yards from your goal. Yeah. There is no way that that should result in a goal. It shouldn't. It should not result in a goal. Lindelof is so passive. It's actually pathetic, this defending. Tackle him. Foul him. Do something. I get, okay, backing off, right? Lindelof loves backing off. I kind of get it. You don't want to commit yourself. Fair enough. But back yourself, back off until you get to the edge of the box, at which point then you can't let them get in the box because once they're in the box, it's even harder to defend. Uh, you, most defenders you'll see there, if they do back off, then they'll foul him on the edge of the box or they'll just commit the foul straight away because they know they're on the counter attack. They know we've got, we haven't got all our men back. You, can take, you take the foul, you move on. You take the book and you move on. Martinez fouls him every time. Even Maguire just fouls him every time. Like, it's just basic defending. Take the foul, move on. But instead he backs off, backs off, backs off. He lets, um, was it Bailey again? Yeah, no, it was Watkins. It was Bailey. Let's him get into the box. Let's him check back. Easy pass, and then no one's absolutely no one is um, following the runner into the box, and it's a, a fairly great finish from him, but an easy finish it should be making. But that defending for me is it's appalling. It's genuinely terrible defending. Yeah, it's shocking. Um, as you said, right, Martinez directs the header straight to them. Fine, but it's in their half. Yeah, it's sixty yards from goal. It's in their half. So, so, all right, he gives the ball away, but for God's sake, like that should be allowed. You should be able to make a mistake like that in their half and then still back yourself to think, right, it's all right, they're not going to score from here, we'll get the ball back anyway. As you said, the fact he backs off Lindelof for literally 50 metres, where literally the player, the player doesn't even need to do anything. He just runs at him and he just keeps backing off and backing off and backing off and you're like, just, just do something. Just stick your leg in and tackle him, and then if he, if it looks like he's going to get away for you, foul him. Fine, like it means you fouled him, and you're probably taking a booking. But my God, do something. And then the further it gets into the box, as you say, the minute you then get to the box, you can't foul him in the box. That's going to be a penalty, and then you've made even more issues for yourself. Casemiro tracks all the way back, but immediately kind of thinks I need to go and cover with Lindelof just because it looks like he's going to potentially do that thing with the inside forwards, sometimes do dummy to go with their left foot, come inside on the right and have a shot. So Casemiro's coming to cover that angle. But then it means there's literally nobody else on the edge of the box tracking Ramsey, just literally jogging to the edge of the box, waiting for the ball. And it does that thing you do at five a side where you sometimes find yourself free and you just put your hands out and just shout, me, here. And the fact that there was nobody anywhere near him the finish is, the finish itself is great finds the top corner brilliant but how you can be walking onto that and hitting that with zero pressure on you less than five minutes into the second half after we've managed to get in at half time thinking 2-1 down right let's go after it it, annoyed, it still annoys the hell out of me even just to think about it I was I, I couldn't believe what I was watching when it went in and that attitude to that goal was the thing that made me, that just immediately kind of made me think that's it, game over. We're not getting back in this. Because if that's the attitude to concede in that goal, forget about it. Mm. Just there's no pressure on anyone at any point. There's no pressure on Bailey. Bailey made the pass. Actually, considering he was a pass in the in the area, he had zero pressure on him. Um, at least get tied to him so it's harder to make the pass yeah, but no, exactly. no pressure on him no pressure on the, the striker just terrible and that's it like, we, we we got that lifeline to get back into the game and then we just give it away like that uh, it, it, I mean it's very frustrating and then having after that the die was cast and didn't see us coming back into the game I don't think anyone did um, 
we give Martinez a lot of praise last last pod, uh, called him one of the best centre-backs in the league. I don't think uh, we're going to go back on that anytime soon. But he, and to be fair, he did, I don't think he was awful today. It wasn't his best game. Um, but what I would say is I feel like it would be hard for anyone to have a good game when you have to babysit Lindelof next year, oh, who was yeah. so passive that. today that um, I'll, give, I'll give Martinez a pass. I don't know about you. I'll give him a pass, yeah. I mean, because... As much as he wasn't great, I still thought he put in some really good tackles at times. Um, yeah, he was battling as well. Which, he battles you know. hard, tries hard. All right, wasn't a great game, but he certainly is one that... I th- you said there's two players. I'd probably put him just in that category because I thought, well, at least he was trying. He still put in some good tackles, still read the game pretty well. Still some decent passes in, in, into the midfield and that as well. But my God, as you said, like if, if you've got Lindelof defending you next to you like that, your your task just becomes infinitely harder, and I genuinely do, like we might still have lost the game, but I don't know what would have happened if Maguire was in there. I don't think it would have been worse. We probably I conceded think... different but equally comical goals. Well, uh, probably yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think um, I think there was a uh, there was one point in the uh, towards the end. I made this point in our Discord group. But there was a point at the end where Watkins once again ran at Lindelof, got all the way into the box. And it was Martinez who came across to come out the tackle. And then there was a shout. And it was very loud on the TV. It makes you think it was from the Villa bench. And it was, it was Ollie run at him. Uh, you've got him all day. And he's like, that's so Sunday league. Just a, a total Sunday league shout. I heard that because I saw you write that in the chat. And then I heard that when I rewound um, it to see. I was like, but they weren't wrong. Happen? And then sure yeah. enough, I loud as anything through the telly. You could hear somebody shouting that. And I was like, that's absolutely damning that. Because it's so true. He's literally had the beating of him for the last whatever it was, 70 minutes. And of course you'd be shouting that at your strikers saying, ignore the other defender, run at, run at the guy you've had the beating of for the last hour. Just yeah. run at him. It just, made me, just made me think uh, maybe when he had the ball him with someone shouting, he doesn't want it! Or yeah. other, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know other, other quality Sunday league shouts. But yeah. Um, Ten Hag. Uh, we've not really gone much into the criticism of Ten Hag because, you know, he's our new manager. I think we're all behind him. We're all backing him. Um, even when he's made some flubs in earlier games, I think we're, we're, we're seeing some progress, so we're generally all quite positive. But today wasn't his best day, uh, and neither was Sociedad, I would say. Uh, again, we haven't talked about it. We will touch on it a bit later, but yeah. Um, not the best day for Ten Hag, especially with the, with the starting line at 11 and the changes. Um, did he deserve some criticism? Yeah, absolutely. Um I think he's done really well so far. His signings have obviously been very good. There's a lot he's changed about the team. And ironically, when he didn't play Ronaldo, he saw that was us playing at some of our best football and creating a lot of chances and threatening a lot of teams. I think he deserves criticism today in two fronts. I think he deserves criticism on the Ronaldo front. I don't understand how you can drop a player for what he did against Tottenham. And I'm not saying he can never come back into the team after that, but I don't understand how you drop him for a disciplinary issue like that. He misses one game. He comes back into the team. He plays every single game. After that, probably every single game he's played 90 minutes as well. But then more so than that, he gets the captain's armband today. 
I, I don't get that management. I, I just don't get it. The only thing I can think is he's tried everything else to drive the point home that we need a forward and we probably need to get rid of Ronaldo in January, never mind next summer. And maybe by giving him the captaincy and he turns in a performance like that today, that he's then got a bit more to stand on to the board and say, look, I've tried everything with him. We've dropped him, we've disciplined him, I've gave him chances to play. Even though we've had loads of injuries yet, I could have played whoever, but I've gave him 90 minutes every single time. I've given the captain's armband today and he's turning in performances like that. So as far as I'm concerned, we've tried everything. He doesn't want to be here. Let's just get rid of him. That is it. Otherwise, it looks like he's just gave in to his temper tantrum. He's dropped him once, and then he, after that, he's just brought him straight back in, playing every single minute, and to the captain's armband. The second reason he deserves criticism, yeah, the, 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 the team sheet at the start wasn't great, but at half-time, I was convinced there was going to be subs, same as you, because... The performance was terrible first half, and as you said, just freshen it up, just just make two or three changes, start again, and get back on the front foot. But he didn't do that. It then gets later in the game, and we, and then obviously we went three one down, and the more and more times going by, and he still hasn't made any changes, and eventually he does. He makes the triple sub, but by that point, it it was far too late by that point, and. I just thought his in-game management today and the subs, not even the subs that he changed because there wasn't much else he could have done than what he did. But at the point at which he made the subs and he made no changes at all, even in terms of a shape or anything, it was just letting it go, letting it go, letting it go all the way through the first half. We get to half-time and you think, right, surely something's going to happen. Nothing happened. We can see the third goal. Nothing happened for another 15 minutes. I just thought it was really, really poor in-game management. And while he has done a lot of good and clearly is still well on the side of credit when it comes to how he's doing his job at the moment, yeah, I think he does deserve criticism for today. I don't know about you. Yeah, I, I, mainly with two points. One, starting Van der Beek is, a, is an absolute mystery to me. I just don't get how you can start him. Um, I mean, I don't get how you can start Ronaldo either, but at least that's a man who's actually been playing some sort of football. Van der Beek hasn't been playing football, and he was dreadful against Sociedad. Uh, I don't, I, I really don't. And especially when Fred Fred hasn't started a game since he put in a man of match performance against Spurs, which I think yeah. is weird. Like he was excellent against Spurs, then he's not not had a not had a chance since really to start a game. And I thought, oh yeah, today he'll definitely come in because we need that energy and just fine. Didn't start, but then you got to make a change. You got to make a change at half time. You got to swing the game in our favour and especially like Dan Hag's shown he's not he's not afraid to make substitutions at half time he's shown that he's done he'll do that and he's not afraid to make changes either to like he'll bring Ronaldo off so he'll bring other players off he's not not afraid to make those changes so I, I didn't quite get it uh, why he was very passive today uh, maybe it was a statement that I need some players but it's, I don't, it's not a strong statement um, and yeah just disappointing added to the disappointment of the day um, he has come out since and said he was very disappointed in the performance and disappointed, especially with the manner of conceding the second goal. So at least he's realising the pawn, pawnness in those things. But yeah, not not the best day for Ten Hag, but 
like I said, he's got credit in the bank. It's some of the players who don't have as much credit in the bank that you'd really hope to not see so much of in the future. Um, I, I really, I really can't see Van der Beek playing. That, especially starting a game for us again, unless we draw some terrible teams in the FA Cup or the League, or the League Cup or whatever. But we do have a League Cup against Villa coming up. Um, do you expect full changes for that game? Or do you expect a, a strong team now that we just lost to them? Um, I kind of think there might be both. That makes absolutely no sense. But I do think there will be a couple of fringe players that may get a run out. Um, but I think... You might look at it and think we need to have a decent run in the Cups just to have a chance of winning a trophy and doing well and trying to get some confidence back into a couple of players. And maybe even, as you said, the fact we've literally just lost to them probably does make him want to make a bit of a statement again and try and get back on the right footing because I just feel like if we go into this World Cup break on the back of this performance and say we play is it Tuesday is it Wednesday or Thursday actually it's Thursday it's Thursday yeah. then Sunday against Fulham which is not exactly a, an easy game either yeah so if we if we've lost this today then we've got two games left one Thursday one Sunday again and you're going into that break with a poor result again on Thursday and not a great result again next Sunday I think that could really derail the momentum that we've built up over the last six weeks or so. So I think that's the other reason I'm just a bit frustrated after that game today. I just think this is this has really derailed the kind of momentum that we had. Like I know obviously Thursday we we fell a bit short in qualifying for the top of the group, but I still thought it was still a win, still a clean sheet, still going along in a really good vein of form. This this today is just really derailed that. Mm. Uh, we're going to take another quick break um, before we come back and just talk a bit about Sociedad and what it means for our Europa League Hello, it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favourite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com I looked over at the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome back. So yeah, as you just touched on, we did win away in Sociedad, but it wasn't enough. We needed to win by two goals to go through, but instead it was one goal. It's one nil win. Uh, so basically, we haven't finished top because of a really, really bad VAR call for a non-handball penalty, which is kind of daft when you think about it. But try not to think about it too much because you'll go mad. Um, this game was notable for two reasons. One, Ganacho. Uh, with a very nice goal, uh, his first goal for the club. Um, Bruno, after the game, said something along the lines of um, he didn't have the right attitude at the beginning of the season, but now he's he's got the right attitude and he's uh, he's coming on, um, which I didn't think was a... I mean, people would like, that's an odd thing to say, but I don't think it's that odd. He's a young player. Maybe it's fine to, you know, especially after Ten Hag said the same thing, I think it's fine to be openly like criticising that kind of thing because you want your young players to have the right attitude. So I'm fine with that. And then he obviously came in, had the right attitude, scored a goal. Um, do you think we'll see a lot more of Ganacho this season? Yeah, I think we will. Um, I didn't think there was a great deal wrong in what Bruno said either because the things that I read, he 
that were getting questioned about his attitude was because he'd been late for meetings and training. Which, if that's the case, and you've been picked as a young player to go on a pre-season tour, and you're playing with all the senior pros, and you've been given the chance by a new manager to show what you can do, it's not great, is it? For your attitude, is it? If you're turning up late already to different things like that, surely you would want to make sure that you're one of the first people there, putting a really good impression down. But, I don't know, I just, I just read a few things in the week for certain ex-pros saying that Bruno was really wrong to have called that out in public. I didn't think he was because they, the way I took that was they were saying, look, we know how good he is. We know what potential he's got and, yeah. and, and what an asset he can be to the team. So he yeah. sorted his attitude out. Good, he's now playing how we expect him to play. The goal itself is excellent. It kind of reminded me of, a, dare I say, a young Ryan Giggs with... The run in, the touch is excellent to get it out of his feet. Second touch is really good. Sits down the goalie, tremendous finish over the top of him. And I don't expect him to play every single game or anything like that. But I certainly think from now to the end of the season, he could be easily chalking up appearances in the league, appearances in the Europa League by even just playing 20 minutes at a time, starting for an, and then playing for an hour, whatever it may be. Because I just like that he drives at people. I know he wasn't great today, but I just like he drives at defenders and forces them to go on the back foot a little bit. And I think that's something that we lack with some of the wide players that we have. So I think he should play more. Um, I think he has helped at the moment by there seems to be issues with Anthony. There seems to be issues with Sancho. I don't know what it is with Sancho. I think it's illness. Um, but he's not been great anyway in terms of his form. So even amongst whether he should play or not and get more minutes or not, he probably will have to play as a point of necessity just because we do seem to be struggling in the wide positions and up front for bodies at the moment. Yeah, unfortunately, he's just another left winger to add to our left winger stockpile, which is the only one thing. Yeah. Uh, but de- de- definitely, in the right kind of games, he's still quite raw, I think. Like, um, as you saw today, I, th- I don't think this was the right game for him. Kind of got led down blind alleys, and then uh, I think Matty Cash generally had a bit of a handle on him, mm. um, yeah. which he will get against some experienced fullbacks. Uh, it's, not a, it's not a slight on him. That's going to happen. He's a young player. So just playing him in the right games, playing him in home games, um, games where he's expected to dominate, um, I think, yeah, we, we, it'd be nice to see some minutes from him uh, and some more goals. And the other big thing this game was whatever the hell was going on with our formation in the second half. Oh, my God. Which, yeah. well, I mean, you should never go full pep, uh, they say, but um, <laughs> Ten Hag definitely went full pep because um, that was some formation. Uh, it didn't work. Uh, it's safe to say it did not work. But I don't know. I was quite, I was quite happy to see him take a chance, I guess. Um, maybe I'm just being like bowled over by the fact that we have a manager with tactical nous to be able to even try something so kind of out there but you never see that under our, any of our previous managers you'd think so I was I give it a pass he tried something it didn't work we don't have to see it again let's move on yeah I feel a bit like that because um, as you said I kind of gave up trying to understand exactly what formation and system they were trying to do. It was like a three, 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 one. Yeah, it was basically. Weird. Yeah, it was weird. So, um, it basically congested the, the issue for the issue. It came because Shaw and Dallow were t- so deep. Um, basically, a left side and 
right side of centre backs, and then all the congested players in the middle. We just didn't have any anything out wide to really build play, and it, it actually was a testament to how much Shaw and Dello build our play. Um, and when they play well, we generally have good games because they're doing well at building our play. I, even Shaw today in the second half, if it like we build our play, the reason we came into the game was because Shaw was building our play. Yeah. Uh, I think he's he's crucial to that. And then when Dallas having a good game on the right, it it also shows as well. So I think once we we moved them further back and they weren't building for us, we 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 suffered a bit. And it's, and then the middle just got congested and it just didn't work. But eh, you try some. Yeah, as you said, I, I was more happy that you actually tried to make a to make a difference in the second half because you obviously realise, look, it doesn't matter if we draw this game. Yeah, yeah we want to win, but if you're chasing the game and you end up winning the game 1-0, you may as well have drew it 1-1, chasing, trying to do something to get that second goal. So the madness of seeing Maguire shunked up front, I was like, well, he's a big bit of a lad, can head the ball, might cause a nuisance in the, go- in the box. And there wasn't any clear-cut chances, but in the last five, ten minutes, it did. you did think we might grab a second goal, just because it looked like him being up there, the sheer congestion, as you said, round the edge of their box and in their box, looked like it was genuinely causing some problems for them, and you thought, we might actually get a second here, but ah, it just wasn't to be. Um, I'm more annoyed, yeah, by the... the the penalty being given in the first game than anything. Uh, how that how that's a handball, I, I still don't know. But I kind of made the point last week. Yeah, it would have been better congestion wise in terms of fixtures. Try to give players a rest, and obviously you want to go on a bit of a run in the Europa League. It would have been better to just go straight through, not having to play the playoff. But you're in Europe at the end of the day, so surely you want some big fixtures and big games. And if you end up drawing Barcelona, if you end up drawing Juventus, whoever it is, I quite like that anyway. Because, well, it's two more big games, isn't it? And yeah, I do appreciate Mm. that that it is going to cause issues with the fact that we have to fit, fit two Premier League games in somewhere and it looks like there isn't going to be a lot of room. But I don't know, I kind of like that it could potentially be two more big games against a big European team. Yeah, so that one of those teams will we're basically playing is either Ajax, Barcelona, Bayer Leverkusen, Sevilla, Sporting, Juventus, Salzburg, or Shakhtar. Um, not an easy game, whatever you get, really. Actually, the team I'd want to avoid the most is Shakhtar, actually. Yeah, agreed. Um, they look really up for all their games, going away to Ukraine as well. Um, quite quite a journey. So I think that's the one team. I'd, I, any other team, they're happily, you know. I think I feel like we'll get Ajax because you I know it's just, yeah, the, it's just, the, narr- it's just, the narrative. It's just written, yeah, the... yeah, the narrative of it. But yeah, I, it will be a big game at your uh, Old Trafford, and that is something to look forward to, I guess. But it would have been it would have been better if we didn't have that game because I mean, currently there is nowhere we can play Palace or Leeds in the fixture list unless we get knocked out of the cups, which I don't really want us to get knocked out of the cups. Especially not after losing. If we'd just beaten Villa now, I'd been thinking, ah, oh, we can lose to Villa now. It's fine. But as yeah. we've just beaten us, I don't, definitely don't want to yeah, lose to them again. Yeah. So, yeah, no. Hopefully we get some sort of League Cup run. But, um, yeah, we won't be coming back after the Villa game with a podcast just because it's a quick turnaround to the Fulham game. So, quick preview on the Fulham game. They were, I'd say, unlucky uh, to get nothing from the game at City yesterday but they did play against 10 men for a long time and didn't really do much from what I've seen 
so maybe they weren't unlucky, but um, it was a City got a fortunate penalty at the end, uh, 2-1 Haaland. So, you know, Fulham are de- de- doing all right this season. Um, they'll be t- tough to beat at Cranford Cottage. Uh, and after that result for us uh, away at Villa Park, how are you fancying our chances next weekend? Um, I think it depends. If we've got certain players back, um, so it was better than Martial was back on the bench today. Hopefully he can be back, ready to start now. And... If well, Bruno will be back because it was only a suspension. The only problem is the lot got booked today, so he can't play next week. So, one Bissaka, yeah, the return, big, the, the, the return biggie, that we've all been waiting for. Big Aaron, yeah, he'll get a run out at right back. I would have thought. Um, I just think if he's just sensible, I, I still expect us to get a result next week, and that that is things like I would play Maguire instead of Lindelof. Juan Bissaka is going to have to play yeah, up against Mitrovic. Yeah, yeah. It would. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I can't decide whether Ten Hag does or doesn't like Maguire. Um, but I feel like that was enough from Lindelof today to make him think, okay, I'll, I'll go with Maguire, especially after he's played quite well against West Ham in, in the second half when we're up against it. Uh, so you'd think Maguire, especially plus he'll play. You'd think he'll play midweek as well against. Fulham. Yeah, I think so. So I think if he has, if he if he does all right there, you'd think he would keep his place against Fulham. Um, it is a, I can see us kind of winning one nil. Um, I do, I I never see us battering teams anymore. I don't I don't expect big wins from United. Um, so I, I won't predict the big win, but I can see us like see, see, scraping a win here that. just before the World you, Cup. You see that right? But that that's kind of the opposite of how I felt last week when I was saying when Ronaldo wasn't playing, and we were in the middle of that kind of run where he wasn't playing, and. We played Tottenham. We played the two games in the Europa League. I can't remember the other game we played in the league. The chances the team was making were like they were in the tens. It was up at like 15, 16, and even above that, up into the twenties of chances we were making. Not necessarily shots on target, but chances made, efforts on goal. That that even that's just dropped right off since Ronaldo's come back into the team and is playing every single game and is playing every single minute. We're struggling to make anything. I mean, I said to Nick in the chat because I felt we weren't creating anything. And Nick named two chances: the Garnacho chance and the, and the Ronaldo header. And I was like, "Yeah, mate, but that's it. All right, you've you've named me two chances, but if you go rich, if you run back through the game, we are literally making nothing else, nothing, mm. and." I feel like that that situation is resolved by Ronaldo coming out of the team, potentially Martial coming back in, putting Bruno back in the team, midfield going back to normal. I think, okay, we might not batter teams, but the sheer number of chances that we make when everybody's available who should be starting is very good and it makes us very exciting to watch. I just, I, I genuinely feel... The difference from that to when Ronaldo comes into the team is absolutely stark. So that's why I'm saying next week, I still expect us to win and make certain changes. But if it starts and in it's in similar to, the, to today, where, say, Ronaldo starts again next week, he makes some mad decision like Van der Beek playing on the right-hand side, potentially Lindelof playing instead of Maguire. I would probably expect that we'd have a bloody tough game and find it really difficult to get anything out of the game because 
Fulham seem to have sorted themselves out this time in, when they've been promoted well. They've bought well. They've got some really good players. Pereira and I think it's Paulinia in the middle of the pitch played really well for Fulham. Mitrovic is a really good player and a handful. They concede goals, but they seem to score quite a few as well. So it'll be a tough game next week anyway, but I, I still think if he made just the right sensible calls, we should still win. But if it's anything like today, the team sheet, I don't know what to uh, probably more of what, what we saw today to be honest. Uh yes. Nice and nice and positive look for, for the next week. Uh no, hopefully we'll be coming back with two two wins and uh, progression in the, the League Cup. Before we go, a quick word for our sponsors, footballprizes.co.uk. Um doing great football draws every week. Uh you buy tickets, you might win a great prize. It's a uh, Great website uh, gives you a good chance to win some signed memorabilia, other stuff. It's uh, worth checking out, taking a look at it. Um, the code for us is UH10. If you use that code, you get 10% off everything on the website. So it's well worth your time checking it out, and it helps us the podcast if you do. Um, while we got you here, also um, remember to give us a five-star rating on Spotify or Apple or wherever you get your pods. It really helps us. Um, and that's it, really. Um, we've got one more pod, probably before the World Cup, and then we maybe will come back with World Cup podcasts if people want it. Um, but yeah, until then, guys, uh, we'll catch you later. Cheers, guys. Cheers, trips. Thank you for listening to United Hour. Remember to follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at United underscore Hour. Please take the time to leave a five-star review on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. United Hour is brought to you by the Sports Social Network and our theme song is by Ancient Feelings. To get in touch, please email unitedhour at gmail.com. Sports Social Podcast Network.